My name is Zara. And my name is Maisha. And you're listening to That's What They Said. Where we break down the them versus us narrative. Hi everyone. So for today's episode, um, we actually... So yesterday, Zara and I were discussing really... We actually had a couple of other issues that we thought that we could choose for this episode. But then yesterday, which was November 19th, something happened that essentially it was more pressing that we talk about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened yesterday was the verdict on the case against Kyle Rittenhouse was announced. So before we discuss the verdict, so let's just go back to August 2020, what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. So if you remember, back in August 2020, there was a police shooting of Jacob Blake. He was uh, walking towards his car or the, the driver's seat of the car, and he went to reach for something and allegedly was a knife. I'm not sure of the details. And the police shot him seven times at that time. So essentially, this police shooting of Jacob Blake led to, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, it led to um, three nights of protesting. Yeah. And it was it was pretty violent protesting. There was a huge kind of standoff between the law enforcement and the protesters. And on the third night, uh, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, he actually joined the protest. So Kyle Rittenhouse, he crossed state lines from his home state of Illinois to Wisconsin because he wanted to join a group of armed militants that people are kind of referring to them as. They're not necessarily militants. Militia. Militia, sorry. Yeah. Not militants. Um, so a group of armed militia who posted on Facebook saying um, a kind of a call to the community of, of uh, people who had guns or armed, people who are armed to come and protect the businesses from what they thought was a threat from the protesters to be rooting, I'm sorry, rioting, looting, uh, kind of burning down buildings and businesses. So they kind of took it upon themselves mm-hmm. to guard their community's businesses. And uh, Kyle Rittenhouse saw this post and he wanted to join them. So he came to Kenosha, Wisconsin with an AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle. This is a 17-year-old. This is a 17-year-old. So something to keep in mind. Um, so that night, he was with his gun. I think he crossed the border with his friend yeah. who was the owner of that gun. Um, and he kind of got, he kind of joined those group of uh, militia and he got separated from that group at one point and he was walking towards something and Joseph Rosenbaum, who is one of the people who, um, got killed in this incident, he started chasing Kyle, uh, Rittenhouse and in that, I guess, altercation, Kyle ended up shooting him. Yes. And he died. And he died. Um, and then after that, you know, obviously people were kind of shouting like, oh, he killed someone, he killed someone. And then a bunch of people started running after Kyle again. Because they wanted to disarm to him. him. They wanted to disarm him, disarm him. And one of those people was Anthony Huber, who kind of stopped Kyle when Kyle had tripped and stopped him with a skateboard, kind of hit him Just with a skateboard kind to, of like, get, disarm him. Yeah, get the gun off him. And he get, ended up getting shot and yeah. get killed in the process, too. And then there was one other man, Grosskreutz. I'm sorry yeah. if I say his name wrong. Yeah. He, he, he had a pistol with him at the time. Yeah. And he, as well, tried to disarm Kyle. And he kind of pointed the pistol at him at one point. And then Kyle thought shot him as well. And he survived, but essentially two men were killed and one man was injured. These are all white men. Something yep. to keep in mind. Kyle is white as well as the three um, killed slash injured. And that's what happened. And since then, Kyle walked up to, since that happened, he walked up to police with his hands up. Nothing happened. There was no altercation between him and the police. And he, and he get, was let go yeah, that night. He, and he was the, let the go that The cops didn't even catch him. They didn't even catch him until next day. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it, just to add to what Zara said here, that um, the protests, this was at a time, summer of 2020, after George Floyd's murder, mm-hmm. there was a Amal huge, Avery. yeah, there was a huge movement happening in the U.S., um, the Black Lives Matter, uh, which essentially a lot of people, it, the air was a lot more, I think, volatile, Yes. right? So I think that two days before this incident happened, the protests turned into violent protests. I think the protesters were peaceful, but, you know, in mm-hmm. such a volatile situation, a lot of other elements entered to exactly. sort of and loot and riot and essentially kind of like make the waters like murky and yeah. right. And so it's, it's, I think it's worth noting that this all happened after curfew. Yeah. So the police were also extra agitated at this yeah. point because they're saying the peaceful part of this is complete. The yeah. rest of you that are here are violating an emergency order and you need to leave. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to come that you yeah. force, which they were doing. So there's yeah. a lot of agitation in the air. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I think after, so after this incident, uh, once Kyle got caught and then he was charged, the charges, there were about seven charges that were initially brought against him. Um, the first five ones is what made it to the trial. Um, these were um, first-degree reckless homicide, 
uh, use of a dangerous weapon. The second one was first degree recklessly endangering safety, use of a dangerous weapon. Uh, these both charges were in with respect to the death of Joseph Rosenbaum, the first person that Kyle Kidd killed. The third charge was first degree recklessly endangering safety, use of a dangerous weapon. So this was with respect to a um, mystery man. Yeah. It sounds like an, um, this person's name has not been disclosed. Uh, before Kyle shot and killed Anthony Huber, there was another man who tried sort of, I think, coming at him, Kyle and help disarming him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, I think, shot at him but missed, and that guy ran away. The fourth one was first-degree intentional homicide use of a dangerous weapon, and this was with respect to Anthony Huber's death. Um, the jury was given the option to do a second-degree uh, intentional homicide, so it would have carried a little less, less of a sentence. And the fifth charge was first-degree attempted intentional homicide with respect to, sorry, use of a dangerous weapon with respect to Grosskreutz's uh, injury. Um, and then so the last three charges that were actually dismissed by the judge before the trial was possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under the age of 18. So Kyle was 17 at the time mm-hmm. of the incident. And because Wisconsin law states that under 18, uh, under 18, people cannot possess a gun unless hunting or with someone of age, like an adult. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if the gun is not short-barreled, um, so... Yeah. And then the seventh charge was failure to comply with an emergency order from state or local government because just the, a curfew. Yeah, the curfew was in effect and everyone at that point on the road, not just the protesters, even the armed people, everybody was violating curfew. Yeah. So the, the last two charges got dismissed. So the verdict that was announced yesterday, um, the jurors came back and Kyle Rittenhouse was not guilty on the first five charges. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two charges were dismissed even before the trial was dismissed by the judge. So Let's let's talk about why the charge against him carrying a weapon. Why was that dismissed? Yeah. Like he was under eighteen. Like yeah, and I'm actually going back to I think you said about the the jury had an option to do second degree for, for yes yeah, some of the charges. I think that was also for Rosenbaum as well. Yeah, yeah. So but they decided not to. Anyways, going back to the dismissal of the possession of a weapon by a person under the age of eighteen. Yeah, I think when I initially heard about that, it was. It was kind of like shocking. Like, why? Right? How, yeah. how, how exactly. can you? How can you let that go? Because I think a lot of people were expecting that to be the charge that was going to be easily um, Proof. proven yeah. to be guilty, and that would at least, even if it's a shorter sentence than intentional you homicide, you get something. Homicide, you get some sort of punishment, right? Yes. But the reason um, it's almost a technicality, almost not, because it's still a law. So I think the decision kind of turned eventually to the length of um, the gun that he had, the barrel of that. So his defense actually um, asked for that charge to be dropped. Uh, because there's an exception, because they pointed to an exception in the law that said it allows minors to possess shotguns and rifles. He had an AR-15 style rifle, as long as they're not sh- they're not short barrel. So the size of his um, the firearm that he had, the size was I think 16 inches or something. Yeah. So just by a few inches, he got away with being yeah. allowed to have that yeah. um, type of rifle. Yeah. And um, I think I also, like I mentioned in the beginning, he. He crossed from Illinois to Wisconsin with his friend, mm-hmm. who is the rightful owner of the gun. So they couldn't really say that he was not, he crossed the border with um, with a gun that's not hit. Yeah, like the crossing owner was state lines. So yeah. they couldn't charge him with that. And then they couldn't charge him with the fact that he was underage and carrying, um, a gun. carrying that gun. Because technically, there's an exception in the law that says, you know, he's allowed to. And, you know, this, it's, it's like a 30-year-old Wisconsin law. And, and we're going to talk a bit more about guns and how the laws around guns yeah. kind of... Clashed, with, clashed with, with yeah. The, yeah, but basically that's why he was. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like. Charge. So I think overall, him being not guilty on all counts, like mm-hmm. I, he can be charged after these crimes again because if one court acquits you, yeah. right, like you can be charged. So I think the bottom line is he, whatever cons- whatever the context was under which he shot, and we'll discuss that. But point is, two people lost their lives. One. Person, even the third person, Grosskreutz, he even was he even testified in the trial, yeah. and he had an injured. He had he was injured. He explained that, and so there was an attempt on his life. Point is, there is no consequence that Kyle is facing. No, not even probation yeah. or community service or anything. Yeah. So, what kind of message that sends out with this? No, and it's, right? like, it's it's sad to think that it was just a few inches. You know, like his his gun was. Um, longer than the 16 yeah, like the, this is probably 16 inch minimum, yeah. As Zara mentioned, this was the one of the easier charges that I think the prosecution brought on, mm-hmm. brought against Kyle. But they, I don't think they even expected that you know that oh shit, one of the easier ones is going to be dismissed yeah, to begin exactly. with. So I think in this case, I think there there's been um 
lot of disappointment from every, all of us. Like, you know, mm. we saw it and we just couldn't believe that how can you go get away with killing two people? Like, not even one year in jail or some probation community service, nothing, basically. And, you know, then the question was that even if you're applying the letter of the law, is the law equally applied had Kyle Blaine been a person of color or, you know, Kyle been black? Yeah. Right? Um, because I think in the U.S., considering how the law treats person of color and especially black, black people yeah. on a different standard, then what what is clearly shown yeah. that a white person gets treated in Kyle's case, right? Yeah. So I think so we're gonna go about a couple ways as yes. we're now let's like, talk about the case. Mm-hmm. So I think the major basis or the legal basis on which Kyle was acquitted was self defense. So you know it it really kind of like hinged on like specific details of mm-hmm. Wisconsin self defense laws. Um, and it, you know, taking into account Kyle's state of mind at the moment of shootings. So, as, so if you, I don't know if, if you guys actually like saw the videos, but yesterday we took a look, we took a look at the videos, mm. and it's like, you know, the first shooting happened when Rosenbaum like tried, he kind of like ran after yeah, Kyle, right? And he tried to grab Rittenhouse's gun. So another witness testified, um, and then the next two men, which was Anthony Huber, he went at Kyle with his skateboard to kind of hit him and get him to get, let go of his gun. Yeah. But that is also an attack, right? Yeah. And uh, thirdly, Gross Grosskreutz. Oh my God, if I'm gonna think his name, but he also had a pistol, a Glock pistol in yeah. his hand. So it's like he pointed, because I think the defense attorney specifically asked Bruce Price when he was brought on as the prosecution's witness. Mm-hmm. He was asked that, did Kyle shoot you after you pointed your gun at him? And then he actually said yes. yes. Right? So essentially in all three cases, it's like mm-hmm. self-defense. Yeah. You were, Kyle was getting attacked. So that's what the defense's line of argument was. So I think, so what does exactly the Wisconsin or I guess law say, right? So the, the law of self-defense holds that a person who is not the initial aggressor mm-hmm. is justified in using deadly force against an um, adversary or the person who is attacking them when that person reasonably believes that he's in imminent danger of death or seriously bodily injury, right? And this is a standard that every state uses for to define self-defense. So, defense. so yeah. therefore, the burden is on the prosecution to prove that beyond a reasonable mm-hmm. doubt, Kyle was not defending himself. He was intentionally or recklessly yeah. uh, trying to kill someone or endangering people. Yeah. So I guess they're not taking into consideration, like, why was Kyle there in the first place with his gun, no, right? No, like, what, the Well, the jury doesn't. Like, the, the, yeah. Obviously, the prosecutor tried to argue, like, you know, where, like, Kyle's intention was this, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and, like, he would have been the initial aggressor. But like you said, technically, based on the evidence that's there, the initial of aggressor, that moment, of that yeah. moment that the shots were fired, the initial aggressor wasn't Kyle and because I think it I, would have been Joseph Rosenbaum, yeah, who you know charged actively at charged at him, actively chased him, actively threw something at him, yeah, and actively tried to grab that gun from yeah. him, right? Which obviously was corroborated by witness. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate, but that's the evidence that we have, like honestly. And, and that's like this is just it's it's fucked up, right? That yeah. in this situation, the law is the law's interpretation is so, in a way, narrow because it doesn't allow you to really consider the events of what was happening prior yeah. to the killing or the shooting, right? Yeah. Like, Joseph, Joseph, the Rosenbaum was, I don't know, he was like, he was, I think he was a little bit... Dirty. I think, yeah, he, he had just come out of the hospital yeah. um, because of mental health issues and, you know, he does have a past of uh, pedophilia and, uh, like, yeah, like, Tell. Convictions. Yeah, he has, I think, five or six convictions of actually, like... So, and then, you know, so I think he he was very, like, aggressive. Yeah, he was, yeah, I think... and if you watch the video there, like, he uses the N-word. Yeah. He, um, he's like, oh, come come at me, shoot me, shoot me. Like, he was definitely... So Rosenbaum was... And, and he was, wasn't a black guy, not a protester. He no. He was just a random guy who walked out of a hospital and saw... These are the kind of people... These are the kind of people... These are the kind of people who enter... Took the of situation. Exactly. These are the kind of people who enter the protest and make it a violent protest. Yeah, these are the ones that riot and, like, lose exactly. and aggravate people. Exactly. exactly. It's not the black guy, not a protest. Because at that instance, uh, I think, when I saw that video, I was really, like, kind of, like... I was, like caught off guard because it was interesting to see there were the protesters, the BLM protesters, right? And they were peacefully protesting. And then there were these armed men, right? Mm-hmm. And they were just standing outside burnt property because they were just Pretty saying, yeah. yeah. And these armed men, they're, they're not, they're not, all of them are not criminal services. These are also like some of, the, one of the guy was like a military veteran, right? Yeah. So these are, they they came with like, in, their intention was like, we're just going to stand guard the property so that nobody comes and destroys it, right? Yeah. And not necessarily that the protesters do it, but people like Joseph Rosenbaum who just entered themselves in the situation, right? Yeah. And the situation 
even when Joseph Rosenbaum was going against the armed men, like you're standing in front of a man with a gun and, and you're going yeah, off yeah, at them, yeah. right? The protesters were actually saying, hey man, stop, you're going to get us all killed. You're yeah. in a situation where it's just shut up, right? Yeah, the Black Lives Matter protesters yeah. were trying to stop Joseph Rosenbaum from making the situation yeah. worse. Because they obviously recognize that this is not one of us. This is some crazy guy who like came here to stir some shit up, yeah. right? Yeah, so, so the fact, so, but the law, the, at the end of the day, the law looks at Rosenbaum running after Kyle, throwing a plastic bag at him, and then, according to another witness, trying to take Kyle's gun. So Kyle felt that he was an imminent, serious danger, threat, yeah. threat of death or danger, so he has a right to shoot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's how the self-defense law works. But um, it's a, but I think what the prosecution was trying to say is that the Rittenhouse was the active shooter. Mm-hmm. Because in, in their point, they're saying that, and the prosecution's evidence, a case depending on like video evidence that was like dark or blurry, Mm-hmm. And or shot like from far away. I, uh, the point that prosecution was trying to go with is that you lose the right to self defense when you're the one who brought the gun, yeah. when you're the one who created the danger, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, when you're the one provoking other people. So you cannot claim self defense against the danger you created. So in yeah. this case, they're saying that the fact that Kyle's walking around with a gun, uh, walking around in such a volatile area, yeah. right? The whole idea of in the BLM protest when the few couple nights before president so aggressive, he's walking around. That's where the charges of endangering, like reckless endangering yeah. safety came in. And I think, but but here's the thing, it's legal for him to openly carry a gun. Yeah. The US and their love for guns. <laughs> it's legal for it's the open carry. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's like, if you, if you, but the self-defense law doesn't let anybody else claim anything. But I think here's the interesting thing. In a lot of domestic violence cases, like mm-hmm. rape yeah, cases, we were stuff, this, yeah. uh, a lot of violence, like survivors, they, in a lot of situations, they have a battered woman in self-defense killed the man or yeah. the abuser, right, who are abusing them. And uh, it's very hard for the defendant to prove that I was abused and I did it yeah. in self-defense. But it's very, because with domestic violence, it's very hard to prove it. Yeah. So usually these battered women end up actually getting jailed yeah. for killing. But in Kyle's case, it was pretty easy yeah, to apply yeah that's exactly where like that's where it hit me the most like it's so unfair but you know i but then if you think about it in a domestic violence situation it's obviously not a video because most of the time it happens in your mm-hmm. house so there's no video showing that this man has provoked you he said and, she said and in the when you think about it like it's sometimes it's a pent-up anger or pent-up abuse from years of being someone who abused you so much that a small incident leads you to say you kind of snap your abuser yeah. and so yeah. you can't prove years of pent-up abuse it doesn't right? count, right? As we know that in court, whereas for Kyle, it's easy to prove this guy chased him, and mm. that's why he shot him, regardless of the fact that he brought the gun into the situation. Yeah, in the case of Rosenberg, but it, that's that's the point. Like the law is, it's also very selective, mm-hmm. right? Like you're jailing many of the yeah. domestic violence victims, yeah, because they they can't prove their self defense claim, yeah, and, and you have to go with the evidence you have, right? yeah. Like you don't know was Kyle thinking and yeah like, like we don't know if Kyle was what Kyle was thinking was he thinking I'm going into this protest to kill yeah. Black Lives Matter protesters I hate black people that's I'm going to kill them or did he go in there thinking I'm here to protect property mm. so you can't prove that what his intention is right but you can prove that in that scenario someone chased him and tried to steal his gun so he shot back I think this is great, you know, like we as all of us who are, who are not say lawyers or yeah. studying law, right? For us, we were like, it's what the hell? Thinking, like, yeah. how can you, how can you not prove this? Or how can you be not guilty for these charges? But I think people who practice law, they're not necessarily surprised by the verdict because they understand how high of a burden it is on the prosecutor to prove that his Kyle's self-defense claim is not valid. Exactly. Because yeah. when you look at the definition, as we just said, what the law actually said, and mm-hmm. then you kind of see the facts. Is if it's like the boxes, you know, the puzzles, the pieces just fit, and yeah. he was able to claim it, right? And yeah. I think Kyle kept saying that I was defending myself. I didn't go with the gun to, you know, kill anyone. I went because I was responding to this call mm-hmm. to come and stand and protect private property, yeah. to, to protect people's private property and life, yeah. so that there's no more deaths, right? Exactly. And so, they kept asking him that. Like I watched the uh, sections of um, his uh, cross examination, yeah. and as the prosecutor kept asking him. You know, you clearly went into that protest with the intent of using your gun. He's like, I had no intent to kill people. I had no intent to kill anyone. I had no intent to kill anyone. He kept repeating that, right? Because he knows that the law is going to work in his favor. If he's clear, I felt there was a threat. I didn't intend to kill anyone. I felt there was a threat. I didn't intend to kill anyone. He just repeated that over and over. Because that, and that just because goes to show that's going to the law says, yeah. The book, right? Yeah. And intent matters in self defense. So I think bottom line is the self defense law just makes it easy for people like Kyle. Yeah. To get off when 
And, you know, at the end of the day, yes, everybody deserves a fair trial, right? Exactly. And technically, Kyle has gotten off based on a fair trial, yeah. right? And, and because the letter of the law said that he did, was not guilty, right? Yeah. And the jurors can't take into account other external factors, really, mm-hmm. right? But that's the point. Self-defense law, it's it's kind of unfair. How yeah. can you take two Or it's tricky at anything. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, aren't like we condone... Condemn? Condemn. Condemn murder. Yeah. <laughs> we condemn That's murder. Word, yeah. yeah. We, we condemn murder because human life is sacred. Yeah. And it's not okay to take a life, right? Yeah, I think that's where you and I were the most, like, shocked. Like, yeah. How did he not even get probation? How did he not get detention? How did he not get community service? How did he get nothing? Like, this man's record is clean. two lives. Yeah. It's, the fact of the matter is, he took two people's lives, regardless of whose fault it was or whatever the situation in that situation, one person killed two people. Yet this boy, man, whatever, does not have a single punishment. He's oh, is fully acquitted. Like, give the boy community service or something, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, nothing... Basically, there's no consequences for his actions. And then I think... Because at this point, his actions were not even considered. It was so think, really other people's actions exactly. towards him. Yeah. And, and, and then, that's so I think that, that then the question becomes that... Um, if yeah. he was not white, exactly. would he have gotten the same and I think treatment? I think that's where, at least from my, say, I when I open my Instagram, I see my friends mm-hmm. who, you know, kind of think along the same yep, lines same. as me. Like, I see that a lot of people are outraged by what happened with Kyle. Like, going back to what you and I just said, like, technically, the trial was fair and he was acquitted fair, okay? Yes. But, obviously, there's other factors at play here, right? Yeah. Like, even my initial thing was outrage. Like, oh, no, like, like how could this happen? Like, like, yeah. You know, like, the... So race, basically what I'm trying to say is race is a factor here, right? Yeah. Like, unfortunately, the it shouldn't be a factor here because technically it's a white man killing two other white men. But race is a factor because the, the premise behind this is Jacob Blake's killing, right? Yeah. So, sorry, Jacob Sorry, Blake's not killing. He's alive. Shooting. Uh, he's shooting. So, um, so uh, yes, he's, he's alive. A lot of people forget that. But um, so Jacob Blake was shot. That's what led to these protests. Yes. And obviously before that, there was, there was George Floyd. There was Ahmaud Arbery. There was... Ron Martin, there was Julia Wright, there's yeah. so many, right? Like, so there is there is a background to it, and these people were unfairly shot at or killed because because of a situation they were in. So Kyle is also a person who was in a situation, and he shot someone, but he got away with it, right? Yeah. And he and walked like, and usually through, and usually with 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 most a lot of these like black black men were killed mm-hmm. unfairly or. It's like they don't get a chance to even yeah. prove, right? You know, cops are usually like, oh, like oh, I took a gun out or I've shot at him because I thought in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Or in uh, a, a person, just basically say Trayvon Martin's case, right? George yeah. Zimmerman killed him because he yeah. thought he was in imminent under imminent threat of yeah, exactly. death or bodily serious bodily harm, right? Yeah. But then the, the black men got killed. They exactly. could, unlike, unlike Kyle... They didn't have a chance to come in court and defend them. So yeah. They didn't get a fair trial to begin with. But that's the thing, right? Like, maybe Kyle's trial is fair, but why isn't this fair trial given to everybody, right? Exactly. Like, if you watch the video, you see Kyle, like, hands up. His gun is, like, still around his, his still on his shoulder, hands up, and he's walking towards the... Police line. Police, he's walking towards the police. And, like, a police truck literally drives, drives by. by him, even though people are shouting, he killed someone, he yeah. killed someone. But police just drive by, like, okay, this boy's not a threat. Like, he has his hands up. But fair. He has his hands up. Fine. But... There was not even like police, like okay, okay, like we're like we're like, hey man, stop. Not like, even asking. like a police being like, what happened? What happened? Make sure you keep your hands up. Not even a police telling him keep your hands up. Not a police yeah. being threatening him. And then obviously that night he didn't get arrested. He came and he probably he told the guy, okay, I shot two people, and he was allowed to walk off free. Mm-hmm. A black man or even another person of color, especially a black man, would not have been afforded that opportunity like, to go home. Let me come at you later. Let me, yeah. Let me investigate this. Like, like Jacob Blake. Exactly. He, or even he, George Floyd. He walked a fit bill. That's he, it. He walked. Jacob walked around his car and was about to get. And I think police allegedly said that he was about to take out a knife, yeah. and then they shot at him, right? Mm-hmm. But Kyle Rittenhouse is walking with a gun. Police is hearing that apparently a shooting happened, and Kyle has his hands up. But the cops actually drive by. Yeah. Like when you see the two situations, like it clearly shows something yeah. is wrong. There's a bias, right? Yeah. yeah like George Floyd had his hands cupped, and still he was like someone. This boxer felt like he had to keep his knee on him, right? Um, there's like so many scenarios. Like it's clear that there's a racial bias here, yes, right? Yeah, like you can't, you can't, can't deny. Like, and there's two factors, right? Like first, obviously, there's Jacob Blake, and then Kyle Rittenhouse. Like I don't even know anymore. I forgot my point because it's just so frustrating when you talk about race. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah, when we yeah. when you talk about, it. and it's like with Kyle's case, it's like uh, 
no matter like it, it goes back to how the law doesn't take into account this bias. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. why was it these questions, you know? These questions when you ask them that we're asking here, that, you know, when, why, like, why, like, if he was not a person, mm-hmm. if he was not white, would you treat the same way? If he was, if this was, say, if, if Kyle was black and he was black and had his hands up and he was walking with a gun and there's, people are saying around him that, oh, someone's shot or someone's shot. Yeah. Cops would 100% come yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah, there have been, like, like three cop cars, four cop cars, yeah, surrounding him. him. Yeah. Like, okay, tell me what happened. Keep your hands up. Don't move. And I think another racial factor here is the fact that Kyle was there in the first place, which, obviously, the prosecution couldn't really use in their favor. Yeah. But this boy literally crossed state lines. I'm not going to say that he crossed state lines because he wanted to kill black people because I don't want to jump to that. Them right, yeah. because who but, knows? But he doesn't but he even live in Kenosha. Yeah. He, has a, he has a bias in his head that Black Lives Matter protesters are, are unreason- number one, unreasonable. Number two, their concerns with race are invalid because they're burning down property. And That's not fair, yeah. So he has this thing in his head that he has a duty to cross the damn state border yeah. and protect, as of this 17-year-old white boy, he's going to protect people like, and from, why do, from why do you feel mostly that? people right. of color exactly. protesters burning down their community, and, right? And so all, there's definitely something, and he might not be an outright racist, but he might not be a white supremacist. But there's a bias. But he has something in his head yeah, that thought that he had a right, that his that his right to a gun and his and the property's right to not be burned down was more important than him shooting at, like, yeah. unarmed, at least and, two of them were unarmed, all right? the all the men that night, well, whoever responded to this person's post on Facebook, mm-hmm. this person was a resident of Kenosha, whoever, all the men who responded to his post and did come armed and were standing outside build, you know, burned buildings, yeah. all of the men were actually white. Exactly. Right? So yeah. it's like, I get it that, you know, the Second Amendment says you can carry guns and you're coming to protect, but the fact that you, that for, the first person who posted on Facebook and then subsequently all these people came, including Kyle, right? The fact that you feel threatened by a mere protest, yeah. right? If you, if I'm a citizen at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, you know what? It's not my job to protect. Cops are there. Police yeah. are there. I'm just going to stay in my home. Mm-hmm. That night, apparently, protesters are peacefully protesting in front of some government building and cops are like, it's curfew, you got to back down. But this, as I shouldn't enter, right? Mm-hmm. But this is where, I guess, because, but my, my issue is, you feel that threatened by a protest, then yeah. you have to take guns in your hand. Like, why? Exactly. Right? There and, has and to be a fact that these think it's okay, right? Because there, I guess there is, like, that open arm, open... Open carry. Open, open carry, carry rule. rule. And then there's also, like, the civi- citizen's arrest or citizen's, like, yeah. duty to protect. Yeah. So, like, I think... I remember we were watching the video and um, the cop cars were like, we appreciate you guys. They were like, do you want throwing water? water, yeah. You guys need water. Like, thank you for protecting the buildings. We appreciate you guys. So that's the like, treatment clearly, they got. In, maybe not the entire police department, but individual police officers have felt bias. that these white men with guns were not a threat after curfew. They're helping us. But the protesters were a threat after curfew. But see, that's the point. It's like, you know, like, uh, and we would urge like everyone to actually see like I think New York Times has, has done a nice investigation it's on YouTube and they have actual videos from that night and if you see that you know protesters were initially peacefully standing in front of the government building and then cops come out in like right gear and they're actually standing there's no altercation and yeah. the cops are just announcing this is curfew you need to go away right yeah and then most of them leave yeah and then and but then it's like they're moving down to the road where the armed men are standing in front of those properties but then you can see that these armed men are greeted with like a like my point is the armed men are also violating fucking curfew, curfew right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But then they're not being aggressively treated because obviously there's some bias that, okay, these are just like, you know, uh, community-loving citizens yeah. who are here to protect. But, like, it's it's almost sad to me that, like, protecting the protecting the building is more important than protecting the, the black community, yeah. right? So yeah, obviously, like, you know, obviously, your community is hurting. Whether or not you believe there's police brutality, whether or not you believe there's systemic racism, there's people. Do you not your... care about your community members? Like yeah. Jacob Blake is a member of your community, right? And didn't was didn't shot. he deserve to be had? If, if he actually was apparently he was like beating up his wife or girlfriend or whatever. If he apparent if he was doing domestic abuse or if he was doing something wrong, why and that's, not get a and that's why the police was called to his house. If that was the case, why wasn't he handcuffed and taken and given a fair trial? That, Just like Kyle got. Kyle was. So don't you want the black member of your community to get a fair trial the way Kyle Rittenhouse did? So this is where I think this is where you know a or lot of Or do you just of, care about your damn buildings? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I think this is where the issue is, right? Because a lot of people who are like on Fox News, we saw Tucker Carlson, right? Yeah, yeah. He was saying that, you know, Kyle's gotten a fair trial, the law has been applied. And even at the end of the day, the entire US judicial system functions that, you know, you, you have to go everybody gets a fair trial, regardless of if you've killed mm-hmm. people like Kyle. Yeah. And but the thing is like 
why are you disregarding the fact that at that same night you have you clearly prioritized buildings over life. Yeah. You prioritized black people who were trying to protest or people who in solidarity with black people who were protesting that night. They all were treated like basically like, oh, you're here. Your intent is to burn shit down. Yeah. But then men who are carrying, openly carrying arms, their intent is to protect. Yeah. Like why that difference, right? Exactly. And then that's where the race factor comes exactly. in. Exactly. from the outside, it's not about race. But more than anything, it's about guns. I mean, you know, see, no, but just to add to that race, yeah, it's like, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, Here's the thing. I get what the how the self defense law gets applied, but I'm like, one judge or like one case has to make a precedence. Mm-hmm. Like one, like you think about it, right? Like in U.S., the abortion became national practice after Roe v. Wade. So one case made became a precedent, right? Mm-hmm. So my point is, in this case, I don't understand like why. Like, so my point is, sorry, I'm just trying to yeah, up, yeah, sure. get my thoughts, but. Why is it that one case just can't be a presence? Like for once, like find a way, even if you're a judge, right? Mm-hmm. Be within that work within the letter of the law, but give consideration to these other factors. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like because this president at the same time right now in the US there's a trial for the murder of Ahmad Urbari Bar- yeah, yeah. that's happening and three white men basically hunted this man down and killed him, and now those three white men in trial are claiming self defense. Exactly. So this Kyle's case becomes a precedent that they can claim and mm-hmm. win for self defense. Exactly. Even though they actively sought out Ahmad Arbari, yeah. right? So it's like you're giving the message out that in the future any any person of color in the east and especially black people they can be killed mm-hmm. and they or or if you're not white and you're carrying guns and stuff you'd probably be stopped but yeah. if you're if you're white and you're carrying arms on in curfew in the middle of the night you're treated like pretty much like in comparison you're treated like a fucking prince yeah right so i think it's 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 just so frustrating yeah i keep using like you know language that's a frustration right yeah, you can't yeah. deny it and yeah and i think there's like unfortunately um it even like like we've talked about race and it's an issue, but unfortunately, what we came down to was number one, the self defense, and number two, this damn obsession Americans have with guns, mm-hmm. their Second Amendment right. And in this case, like for everybody on my Instagram, for everybody, maybe people of color, um, it was about race, but really, this case is about the Second Amendment. Like if you actually look at mm-hmm. um, the way the that right Kyle got the, the way that Kyle got away with it, and the way that say the right, the right and conservative people have been acting, it's all been. Go like when he got acquitted, like conservative people on the streets being like, "Yeah, go Second Amendment." Because, our right to bear arms. Our right to bear arms, because that's what it is for everybody else. They're not even considering race, right? Like for them, it's like, okay, so Kyle was allowed to have that gun. He had every right to have a gun. He was using that gun to protect, whatever. So it's honestly, it's it's a lot about guns, right? But like, so their I think, weird I think, obsession with having a gun and their weird obsession with like having the opportunity to use that gun. Like these people are so emboldened by the fact that their right to bear arms is so important that like I'm going to bring my gun with me everywhere but like I'm not intending to use it but I have a right to bear it and I'm going to keep it with me and, you know? and, and even though explicit, exactly, explicit, mm-hmm. you're not saying I'm going to kill people but let's be real in this situation at that night when all of this happens air, air is so like everybody's on edge yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. like you know you've got cops in right here mm-hmm. essentially patrolling right so I think it's it's like given given in the last like couple of decades how the second amendment has you know led to open carry ro- law yeah. you can openly carry like something like a semi-automatic rifle you can uh do citizens arrest like which george zimmerman did in Trayvon martin's case yeah. he was told by 911 that don't pursue the guy that you're thinking that might be a threat but he got out of his car and actually went at trayvon because mm-hmm. citizens arrest because he was like oh this person's like a threat so i can you know yeah, yeah, yeah. intervene here so i think all of these other factors they kind of they kind of make the application of the self-defense law pretty in, sketch. Like yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty sketch, yeah, pretty shitty. Word, because yeah. you know, it's like there's no morality here. Mm-hmm. Right? There's when you and you think from a moral perspective, what happened in Kyle's case and this verdict, it feels so unfair. Yeah. Right? But it's the letter of the law. Exactly. But the law in its current form is not fully equipped to protect and be fair to all members of its community. Yeah, and you know, with with gun laws, there's so much like um like it differs from state to state, right? So it's there's a lot of just like unclear things when it comes to laws with guns and then that becomes like you're saying like a clash with the self-defense law right yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like it's like you know there's there's as we earlier said open carry law uh, citizens arrest and even like stand your ground law Mm -hmm. right like you have a right if you're being threatened you have a right to basically not exactly now that kind of like gives people like license not just to defend themselves but actually go after others right so then the question is that what is reasonable self-defense like when do you 
when do you stand your ground and when it is you know when is a citizen entitled to step in as an aggressor in the name of the state exactly which Zimmerman did it yeah and got off for even yeah Michael yeah uh, what's this guy's name Kyle Kyle right now the guy we're talking about (laughs) there's just so many yeah like yeah yeah it's like the law in its current state is not fair yeah, and so, here's the thing I wish I should mention because some, if somebody's like no, but but some of the protesters did have yes the the Groy Gro- Gro- yeah. had a Glock pistol. Yeah. There was other protester I think Nathan, but yeah. they all were come protesting in solidarity with the mm-hmm. Black Lives Movement. They also had their own personal weapons exactly. that they were carrying. So yes, the Second Amendment works for both sides exactly. at the end of the day. Yeah. But I and and in in Grosskreutz was injured because he had a pistol. Kyle looked at him. Grosskreutz then sort of like, I think he just pointed the pistol. He didn't shoot, but yeah. Kyle thought he was about to get shot because he literally shot and killed a man yeah. just five seconds ago. Yeah. And he shot in response, right? So I think this whole situation is pretty messed up, right? And that actually begs the point, like, going back to the charge that was dismissed with Kyle being underage, right? So Grosskreutz, um, even the other men who were in the militia, yeah. these men are somewhat trained or they're at least of an age where they have rational thinking and rational yeah. judgment or reasonable judgment, right? Yeah. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is a 16-year-old boy. 17. Sorry, at, at the time he was a 17-year-old boy, but at the time he probably started playing with guns, he was like, what, 16? Yeah. Maybe even 15? I don't think he has developed. He, first of all, he probably doesn't have enough practice with a gun to know yeah. how to like stop himself from using mm-hmm. it and how to protect himself otherwise. And on top of that, he technically isn't allowed to have that gun. So maybe gross curves, maybe the other men who were there to protect the building, they have a bit more self-control. They have yeah, a bit there was. More reasonable like, judgment. I think I, so that charge shouldn't have been dismissed because he doesn't have, like, he's a 17-year-old boy with, like, lack of experience and lack of anything. Like, he shouldn't be allowed to have that gun. There's a reason there's an age, like, 18 years old yeah. is the age. I yeah. think, like, you know, one of the one of the people who were also armed and, you know, respond to that call to come and protect the building was this military veteran. I think Brian Bolsch, he testified yeah. in Kyle's trial. He even said that, you know, Kyle looked really young, like mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't have much experience, like he was a little bit surprised, why is he carrying this big gun? Yeah. And you can see his inexperience in how he responded because it's like, you know, you're 17, yeah. you shot uh, Joseph, like Joseph mm-hmm. and Rosenbaum, and it, you know it's like your it's your flight, it's your fight and flight yeah, both, yeah. and your your rush, you know adrenaline rush. He ran yeah. right, and I think Kyle wasn't even thinking straight. As soon as he heard everybody saying someone shot, someone shooting, and he's a shooter, yeah. his fight mode kicked in, and that's why he just like he didn't, I don't even realize in the register that he's shooting like yeah, guns, like you know, when like, he saw people like running towards him after he did his first shot, he's probably like this mob is gonna eat me alive, like, yeah. This guy just hit me with a skateboard. I need to shoot him. Like, to yeah. scare people with a gunshot. Maybe he didn't even, in, like, just playing that with Like, maybe he didn't even intend to shoot Anthony Barak. Like, maybe he just was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to put a gunshot. People are going to disperse. Yeah. Right? So, but it didn't happen, right? It's, just, it's an unfortunate situation based on some really sketchy gun laws, some Very unracial dated. undertones. Like, it's just a bad situation. I mean, I you know I you know I I sometimes think that in an alternative re- like another reality, right? Yeah. If these men who were like because the rest no other armed men they none of them actually shot a fire, yeah, a single bullet. Nobody else. They were actually just That's standing true. outside. It was only Kyle, right? Yeah, and there's like one random guy. Who kind exactly. Of, yeah, so I think that if the initial shot, yeah. if that because if this incident didn't happen, the knife would have basically gone as the armed men are standing outside the property yeah. and they're just standing as like security guards. The protesters and the cops are walking by. Maybe it would all this wouldn't have happened, right? And you know, if you think about it, like these, all the men involved in this have something that's kind of impairs their judgment. Kyle is underage. Joseph Rosenbaum, mental health issues. Yeah. Um, Anthony Huber, he has a record of uh, assault and battery. Violence, yeah. Violence and domestic abuse. Yeah. Uh, the other guy, Grosskreutz, he also has assault and battery or some sort of charge. Yeah. So these are all aggressive, angry men or men with mental health issues or minors who don't have reasonable judgment at this yeah. point. Getting aggressive and then going for each other. You know what's interesting? There is no other, like, how is it that Kyle ended up shooting people, white people who had guns? And there were no other, I, I, at least in the news, they didn't talk about any a black or person of color in the protest who had guns on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like how is it that anybody else had, the, like, no other person of color was coming at him to stop, disarm him, and they had a gun, yeah. right? So it's also like, you know, the Second Amendment exists and a lot of people, you know, people of color, white people in the U.S., they support it. And it's, it, but it gets abused in this yeah. situation. Like it made yeah. it so easy yeah. for to claim self-defense, right? Yeah. So I think, I think it's, that's a whole other debate. But at the end of the day, nobody, I think what we're trying to show here is that the self-defense claim and the gun laws, given how they've evolved in the last couple of decades, they clash to the point that it's okay for you to take a life, take two lives. And be completely like blameless. Yeah. 
It's just so bizarre. I think like that kind of goes into one of the other points we wanted to talk about, which is like vigilantism. Yeah. Um, which is a word that I've been kind of uh, seeing all over the news right yeah. now. Um, and it's like, like this almost sets a precedence mm-hmm. and it emboldens um, other people who not only have an obsession with their right to bear arms, but also are waiting for the moment when they can protect their country from people like yeah. protesters, people like even say immigrants or whatever. Like when they have a reason, like they're looking for a reason to use their gun and use it because one, it's going to like give them some sort of ego boost because I protected my country yeah. and they know that they can do it because it kind of got away with it. Why yeah. not? And then maybe if these McMichaels, whatever, they get away with it too. It's gonna be like I hope they don't, but um. It's but now they can, they know they yeah, can they feel like they can be vigilante. They yeah. feel like they have like a duty to protect this, and it's gonna be okay because Kyle got away with it. So why and can't thing, I? And the thing is, if 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 you have this duty, fine. Second Amendment, that's whole like whole other mess to deal with. Mm-hmm. But if when that clashes with racial issues, yeah, the racial bias that exists, exactly. a person armed person who has a racial bias mm-hmm. or who's not appropriately shouldn't be even carrying. A gun doesn't have the maturity to carry it. Yeah, it's like what, like you know, just it's just so bizarre. You yeah. know, I think about it, and I'm just like, it's, it's like you know, here the question is, there's a difference between law and justice. Exactly. Like when I think about this trial, I think about the fact that you know, yes, the letter of the law, as according to legal experts and according to lawyers, the letter of the law got applied. Yeah. Uh, based on the self-defense claim, based on what the law has said. Yeah. But has justice been served? Exactly. Like I hope that if I ever, for some reason, have to you know, hurt somebody because I feel like my life is in danger. I hope that I get this fair trial. Same, yeah. You know, and I and I, I hope that this is applied to me in a way that like I don't go to jail because I hurt someone who's trying to rape me, right? Yeah. But like it has to be applied fairly. I think in response to a lot of like people, like a lot of conservatives, mm-hmm. a lot of people on the right and a lot of people who believe in Second Amendment, they've been saying that this entire case is a white man killing white man yeah. there is no race issue it's not a race issue right because i think to a lot of them it's about a gun like exactly. i have a right to bear yeah. arms right but the thing is i think people a lot of people of color not all people of color there's like people of color like candace owens who think this is totally right yeah, yeah but i think a lot of people like us who think that this outcome was not a fair outcome i think our point is that Okay, apply the letter of the law, yeah. but apply it fairly. Yeah, <laughs> why exactly. is it that the self defense claim can be claimed like by Trayvon Martin? Like, mm-hmm. why doesn't he get that chance? He just gets shot and killed. Exactly. Right? Why does a battered woman not get off like Kyle did, like not guilty? Mm-hmm. They get charged, they get either jail time or some sort of punishment, right? Mm-hmm. So, why is there a distinction? between this case and others. Why yeah. is there a discrimination in the way the letter of the law is applied here exactly. versus other cases? Yeah. And another, I think another way that um, people saw discrimination or impartiality was through the judge, mm-hmm. which is one of the last points we want to talk about. Um, the judge, you know, if you watch clips, it's clear that he has some sort of a, yeah, Masha and I were joking, like he probably sees his son or something in Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he seemed very impartial towards, uh, towards Kyle. But, you know, if you read, look a bit more into it, you see that, the judge, a lot of what he did is kind of like routine practices with him. Like, yeah. for example, um, he banned the word, he banned victim. the word victim for the people that Kyle killed, but he also banned the word victim for Kyle. So you couldn't call Kyle a victim either. Yeah. And the way that he allowed the, the two killed people to be called rioters, looters, he also yeah. allowed uh, Kyle to be called a cold blooded killer. Yeah. So technically he's trying to be important. Like he's trying to be in. Yeah. Impartial. Yes, he's trying to be impartial. Yeah. But he he kind of came off as partial because of, you know, just the the air around this case, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm sure, and apparently he has a history of some racist stuff in here. But without going too deep into it, like the judge really seemed not impartial. He seemed partial, right? Yeah. The way yeah. it came off, the optics yeah, yeah, of the yeah. situation. It was like very. He, he let Kyle like out of a drum pick his twelve jurors. So technically, okay. Kyle couldn't see the names in it. So he was picking random names of yeah. qualified jurors. And the jury was mostly but, white. There was only one person exactly. of color. But the fact that this guy who's on trial for killing two people got to pick his own jurors just doesn't sit right, right? It just mm. sounds off. Even though he's picking random names, it's not like he's looking and picking. It just seems bad. And then he yelled at the prosecutor for bringing up Kyle's photo with a proud boy, for bringing up Kyle's... Um, discussion about i'm gonna shoot those protesters mm-hmm. or something and the thing is yeah why like it's annoying like why are you yelling at the possible why aren't you yelling at the defense right but at the same time he also stopped the defense from um Bring mentioning up the charges joseph, like, Rose, joseph rosenbaum's uh conviction convictions or his mental health history or even like anthony hubris yeah so 
he tried to be unfair, I think, but um, but it was I think he he definitely had some sort of bias. Right. For it power. seems so, but he does or, or for arms. Apparently, he's a pretty pro like yeah. arms dude. So he definitely was like, no man, he has a right. He better right to arms. Yeah. So you know, at the end of the day, it's like when you look at this whole case, it's like this was yes, it was an example of the justice, sorry, the judicial system working, uh, working. as intended. Yeah. Yeah, working exactly working as intended. Right. The letter yeah. of the law was applied. The uh, the the defendant got a fair trial here, but I think. That's it. Yeah, that's the question, right? If the current form in this justice system, right, shouldn't some modifications be made so that one part of the society feels that they will never get justice in a court of law? Yeah. Right. Like, exactly. isn't it? Isn't that discrimination? Yeah. And law is supposed to end. You know, you see all those statues. Statues. Law is blind. Yeah. So you have a bias. <laughs> yeah. Right. And here, this is an example of bias. It's an example of discrimination, not in the details of the case, because the white exactly. man killing white men, but what what this case represents when people like Kyle, in the same position in similar cases, but if it was a person of color defendant, right, yeah. they don't even get a chance to be yeah, in the court. Exactly. Like I was thinking, we were discussing like if Omar already had survived and he had killed, say, Travis McMichael, right? If if it had been the other way around, like yeah, would and if he, he was- get the same fair trial? But this guy actively chased me. Like, this guy was the initial aggressor, and that's why I shot him? Yeah. Or are we going to say that, no, uh, Armand Array has, he has some past, past you know, mm-hmm. records. He, uh, he was going to be, burg- he was a burglar, or like, he grabbed his gun, so he's the initial aggressor. Yeah. Like, is it going to be twisted so that he becomes the exactly. villain? Right? Are yeah. we gonna are we gonna give him the same and, and based on based on child that, here's the thing, in most of these incidents in the past, the person who is getting shot, like or I guess in Kyle's in this scenario, whoever is in mm-hmm. Kyle's place, right? If it was Ahmad Arbari or uh Trayvon Morton and many yeah. others, right? Usually they're killed. Exactly. But they can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? And why is it that they can defend themselves? That's yeah. the question, right? Yeah. So I so you know, there's some of you who may be listening and be like, No, the law letter of law hasn't applied. You're right. Yeah. Yes. And that's totally fine. But I think ask the question that shouldn't it be applied equally. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's that's all we're asking. I think that's, that's all what we're asking. Situation heartbreaking and doesn't I can feel that, you know, like we see it through our friends on Instagram or friends that we talk to personally. Yeah. Like we can see they feel heartbroken. And I'm we're talking most of our people, person of color friends or like black friends. Like we see that they're deeply hurt, right? Yeah. And like we we are also feeling that heartbreak. Like yeah. We also felt that like gut wrenching feeling when we heard it. Like you know, but then we obviously examined the details and we're like technically Kyle got off fairly, but, but, but it's like, like there's so much more to it. Like because it's like you know on a daily basis, imagine when you walk on wait, when you're walking down the road, right? You know that if you have an interaction with cop and you're not white, yeah. there is a chance things will go really bad for you. Yeah. And you're white, then there's a chance that things will go brilliant for you. Basically, yeah, yeah, you come yeah. on looking like a hero, like. Kyle now is getting a exclusive interview with what Tucker Carlson next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Monday, yeah. Kyle has a documentary being made on him. Tucker Carlson, yeah, original. he's gonna profit. And like you know, I was actually watching um because Candace Owens had a uh like a, like a segment about it like with the Daily Wire thing. Mm-hmm. So I was watching it and like they were saying like they were also like you know what you know I'm really happy he got acquitted, but they also were like oh we have a gut, like bad feeling like this guy's life's ruined. His life is not ruined. He's gonna get books. He's gonna get deals. He's gonna become he's the gonna, poster boy. He, in is, a way of, he has become a hero for the right wing. Whether or not he identifies with the Proud Boys, whether or not he identifies with white supremacy, whether or not his intent was the intent of white supremacists, the fact is he has emboldened them. It definitely, it definitely emboldens the people who believe in the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. believe in the right to bear arms. Yeah, but it. And and that I understand because this case is about a lot about the Second Amendment in a way, right? Yeah. But it also emboldens white supremacists exactly. and it emboldens far right people who don't believe in equality, right? Yeah. It emboldens them in the thing that who's to say in the next protest these armed men won't show up? Who's to say they won't make a shot? And who's to say they can't clean self-defense and get away? Yeah. It all it needs, all we need is just one case where justice is served. Yeah. So you can set a precedence. Exactly. And this yeah. opportunity is gone. Yeah. And then you know like my last thoughts on this is like part of me is like, okay, it's a seventeen year old boy who clearly fucked up right mm-hmm. and obviously i don't want his life to, to be destroyed to be destroyed if it truly was self-defense which if you consider the details it looks it like, like it was but even but then it's such a bad situation you are 17 you you know like imagine how this influences his mind that he got away like without any punishment yeah. so I really hope my point was you know yeah. at, least, at least fine shouldn't he be on probation yeah. shouldn't there be like a band that he can never own a gun because clearly he he should he shouldn't have had a gun in his hand or yeah. 
he clearly didn't use it rightly, right? So yeah. like, shouldn't there be like, shouldn't there be some consequence? Yeah, like you know when you like when you get a when you have too many driving like speeding offenses or something, and you're at least in yeah, your mask you have to take a course to yeah. like for proper conduct while driving. Or is he gonna get a fucking course at least? So it's like, you is know, he it, gonna it, get a ban on guns? Like, what, is he gonna get a community service? Is he gonna get anything? He literally got away with murder. It's like you know. The ju- right now, the law works in a way that, you know, the reason why the letter of the law is like, oh, you want to protect the innocent because the burden is in this justice, is the judicial system, the burden is on the prosecutor to prove beyond a reasonable doubt mm-hmm. that the guilt, the defendant is guilty, right? And the law works this way because if you would rather protect one innocent person mm-hmm. and let hundred people, guilty people get away, but that one innocent life is valued, right? Yeah. So, and human life is so sacred, right? Yeah. So how, like, you know, it's, it's just, you. I, I just think that leave all this case aside and everything else, it comes down to how you thought that it's totally okay to take a life. Yeah, and, it, and it's like, this is when the law kind of like, it's like, yeah, it's unhappy that they've put so much, you know, into protecting this one person's life. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's unfair that like, the way you apply law, you have to think about how it affects, like, like you said, like a, group of people so if they said it was okay it was not okay for him to have that gun they'd have to say that other lawful gun owners are not allowed to open yeah. carry either so it's like it's just like it's so tricky right the yeah, situation but, is tricky the situation is horrible and but it can be resolved like we yeah. are not even experts we're not legal experts we're not a judge nothing mm-hmm. right I'm, I, but i would like to think these experts there has to be a way right yeah so like at the end of the day the law can get applied but apparently it gets selective application mm-hmm. um and justice is not served. Yeah. It's so annoying. Like, people are in jail for putting the wrong zip code or, like, sorry, a postal code for sending their kids to the wrong school. People are in jail for, like, small amounts of marijuana. By people, I mean, like, people of color, black people. People are in jail for, you know, not even, like, the gun was far away from them and they were just accused of having that gun, right? And it's so sad. Or they get, they get you know, wrangled by the system. Or they get killed around yeah, point blank without they, having they, a chance. They, to see. they they end up spending time in jail waiting for a trial. They end up going to like like think about Khalif Browder, right? Yeah. This person was like he was essentially like you know tug of war with the yeah. system. He his trial dates kept pushed. He was still put in jail. Kyle had just such a nothing. quick process yeah. in the middle of COVID. He had the quickest process. Like within a year, his trial got like it, yeah. he has a verdict. Like, and Khalif he committed suicide. And he yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because because he was for three and a half years, he was wrangled through the Perfect. prison system. He was in jail. He wasn't getting a trial date. Like, why did Kyle Swan get so Clearly much? Clearly, something is wrong. And that's I think that that's probably where we stand. Like, we understand the letter of the law was applied. He got a fair trial, but and something is off. But everyone should get a fair trial, yeah. and every the law should be applied equally for everyone. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think you've heard us ramble long enough. Our thoughts on this. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we hope it also like brought yeah. this. When we were discussing, like you know, prepping for this episode, it gave us us some clarity. Like we didn't know that the law said this. Yeah. We didn't know that according to the law, it Kyle, what happened is, yeah, Kyle is not at fault. Mm-hmm. But but there yeah. are much more other repercussions of yeah. this decision that we need to consider. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye bye. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. For updates and to connect with us, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at, at That's What They Said Podcast.